Alright, on you. What's up, Fins Nation? This is Three Fins in a Pod, although we only have two of us today. We'll be bringing you some insights from the Miami Dolphins. Is it a great week? No, because <laughs> we got destroyed by the Bills, but we'll touch on that. We will uh, also talk about this upcoming week against the surprisingly great Raiders, uh, and we'll talk all things Fins. So, I am Denzel Page, and Mike, you can go ahead and introduce yourself as well. My name is Mike. I'm the one that's very skeptical every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is. He sucks. <laughs> I am right. the realist. Uh, so our three fins, we have the, the, the skeptic, the optimist, and the realist. Uh, I am the realist. Parker, who's not here today, is the optimist. It typically works great because him and Mike balance each other mm-hmm. out, and I just spit facts. Uh, but for today, we're, we're down a man, what, but Parker will be dearly missed. So <laughs> without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, first thing on the agenda to talk about today is the beatdown, uh, as I am calling it. Uh, six straight losses against the Buffalo Bills. Mike, what were your main takeaways from that game? Um, obviously, Tua getting hurt uh, changes the whole game. Uh, you know, the whole game plan. Um, I also feel like you know, like you said, it takes the air off the team. Um, I expected more from Brissett coming in, being a veteran. Um, and of course you did, because you wanted him to be Fitzpatrick so you could say Tua sucks. But I digress. No, no, I just <laughs> the game the defense held us held us in the game for as long as they could before you know they they got worn out. But they were doing great until the third quarter, and then it just kind of got out of hand. But um, it's not much to say. I mean. We didn't run the ball. We didn't stop the run that well, um, at least early on. And then, you know, it just wasn't fun watching the team lose 35-0. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, for me, my top takeaways, our offensive line is beyond trash. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This, I, I, I honestly think if we just took the five starters at Alabama, and line them up on our roster, they would do much better than our than our offensive line, which is probably the saddest thing um, yep. to say. Because this is year three of the rebuild, and you, you would have hoped to have a little bit more talent there. Almost I mean, watching the all 22, what'd you say? I feel like you've been backwards in the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, because it, part of it is you're never as great as you are when you win, as you think you are when you win, and you're never as bad as you think you are when you lose. But my God. <laughs> 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 Watching the All-22, I mean, as someone who played offensive line and defensive line in college, I mean, Austin Jackson is so bad. <laughs> like, it's it's laughable how, I mean, this is the type of stuff that I used to put on my highlight film when I was going against kids that weighed 130 pounds. I mean, he's I, I did see that they, they want to bench Solomon. In the offensive yeah, line, yeah, I heard they want to but put in uh, Austin Leo Jackson to stay on the line. Yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, you they have to. See. He was a 15th overall pick, and like, it's one of those things that like I saw it in baseball. It's like you get you pick up your top player, he doesn't pan out. Now you look bad. Now you're just praying that you keep putting him yeah. in there to do something good, so you can say, hey, he has potential. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, so. that, that, this this is tough. An 18th overall pick, you want or 18th, to pan yeah. Out. It, 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 it's not looking great. So that was my first observation. Our offensive line sucks. My second one was the lack of, I guess, consistency and explosion from uh, kind of an offensive play-calling standpoint is alarming. Yeah. Um, because part of the knock has been, you know, our play calls have been too conservative. We've, and we've had three new coordinators in three different seasons. Well, four, technically, with, right. <laughs> with the split this year. So although it's to a second year, like, is he – entering this year like he's you know learning a new system like he's a rookie instead of building on something that he was uh, already practicing last year that's a potential concern for me um and then lastly you know Tua getting hurt that was great. yeah I think it was alarming like um I know Tua said that the the offensive playbook is a little it's different this year but when Matt Collins right before the season said it's very similar to last year to last year it kind of got me like because this guy is not he's a like he does he's not an impactful player he has nothing to lose like he, him saying that has some weight to me like i don't know like he's yeah. re- reading an offense from a six wide receiver depth chart like he's you know like 
to him, it's everything, if it looks the same, and it looks the same, like, I, I know you missed a little bit of the beginning of the game, I mean, check down, screens, little, like, slants, like, you know, that's not the offense we assumed that we were going to have with this such, and, and I, granted, Will Fuller wasn't there, but, right. I mean, we thought Albert Wilson was going to be the comeback kid, um, and he hasn't been. This kid, he should have. This, yeah, he should have feasted. Eight to ten catches and two touchdowns on the season, and he's trash. Um, <laughs> but I'm still holding out hope. He's he's like my first round, my first round pick that I'm just like ah, let's give him a little more support. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I, and, I, and then the Parker um, dropping a touchdown pass didn't help. Yeah, and, yeah. We just from all aspects of, of the game, we just got outclassed and outplayed. Um, to the point about Matt Collins, if if he's an X receiver. To him, I don't think the defense wouldn't look, would or the offense would look much different. Similarly to Devontae Parker, right? Like Devontae Parker has a certain skill set, yeah. and for him, not much is going to change. Um, but from a quarterback, you're looking at what the running backs doing, what the protections are, what the route combinations are, blah That's blah true. blah. So I think that could like it could be different, but feel the same. Like for me as a defensive lineman, like I knew my keys. I was going to read a lineman's shoulder, shoot my hands, move my hips. It's going to be the same thing no matter if we're in a four-man front, a three-man front, a five-man front. So to me, whatever they were calling on the back end in terms of dialing up blitzes and cover one, cover four, whatever, it was all the same to me. So I think there's a little bit of that. But to your point, we're seeing some of the same characteristics that we saw when Tua was in the game last year, which is uh, the check down. I wonder how much of that is the lack of confidence in Tua the lack of confidence in the offensive line um, or just not knowing how you're going to be approached in the game plan because it's so early in the season and you just want to have conservative plays to start before you open it up. Yeah. I don't know. It's just when you have more questions than answers, it's, it's always tough. So. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Tough, 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 tough. So uh, next, next question for you. Um, biggest question mark on our team. After week two, what is it to you? The obvious one is the offensive line. Yeah, so we, we don't even have go. to talk about that. <laughs> we can move on from that. For me, it would be the way we use our wide receivers going forward now that we're going to be full, fully healthy. Um, slash, you know, everyone's there. Um, I'm curious to see if Grant's – that Grant fumble was a huge fumble. I, in the, before the game got out of hand, that was a drive that could have – got us back into it um 14-7 yeah does Mac Hollins now take up that role because I he's a stronger like stronger receiver bigger body like I does he fumble I don't you know there Will Fuller being involved in the offense now um where does that ha- what happens to Albert Wilson do we need to use Waddle more um because every time he I mean he, he struggled it was raining but it we all know he need to use him a lot uh, more often um so yeah i think to me is the biggest question mark is one of the biggest question marks is how we're gonna use our receivers going forward and then now with the two injury do we go out and get someone like we don't know how long it could be i I was reading a doc um he's a pro football doctor or something it's in a twitter account and he said this injury could easily be four to five weeks could be three but like the way a fractured multiple fractures work is even if he has that flap jacket a punctured lung is very easily like could happen very easily. And if we're going to take care of him, he's our young quarterback that do we go rent a Cam Newton or a, I don't know if we want to go ahead and like, I know everyone goes crazy about the Deshaun Watson stuff, but different, there's different quarterbacks out there. Do you try to still win now rather than pick up, you know, the bandaid? Yeah, that's, um, that's a good point. Um, to, to the, to the point of receivers, like our offensive line was atrocious in this game, but you couldn't make the argument that the, the the position group that lost us this game was our wide receivers because Albert Wilson dropped a potential touchdown, Devontae Parker dropped a touchdown, Jakeem Grant gave up the ball on the five yard line, and Jalen Waddle on a punt return fumbled the ball, and all of those equate to you know maximum twenty one points potentially, but you know, could be anywhere from 10 to 21 points. And, yeah. and, and, and in a game where for the majority of the game, you're down 14-0 and your defense is playing great, that's a completely different feel to the ball game. So our offensive line sucks. To your point, our receivers, not even knowing how we can use them, but are they going to be reliable and execute? Because even if our offense doesn't evolve – our last game plan was good enough to keep us in the game, at least if we just catch the ball and yeah. don't turn it over. So that, that, that's that's a that's an insightful point for me. Um, my biggest question mark is Tua. 
Um, I am on the record saying that, like, hey, I'm not sold on him, but I am still more optimistic because of all the things surrounding his rookie year. Um, the hip, the offensive play callers, the lack of weapons, he has a winning record, blah, blah, blah. Left a lot to be desired, but um, you wanted to see him take that step. Through a game and, you know, a few drives, I am more and more out on Tua than I am optimistic on Tua. And that's not because he's necessarily doing anything wrong. It's primarily because he's not doing the things that we need to cover our deficiencies. And granted, that's really hard with an atrocious offensive line. And I'm not saying that it's Tua's fault. Because I haven't seen him play poorly enough where it's just like, dude, like you suck. Get out of here. I haven't seen that. I've seen some things that I do like, but I haven't seen a transcendent talent. And the closer and, – and now there's injuries, right? Like and now this re, re, resurges after uh, you know injuries in college and last year. So it's like how long do you wait and I, I will say I'm a little impatient after waiting seven years for Ryan Tannehill. So yeah, I think that's our biggest question mark, not only for this season but going forward. The worst case scenario is he misses three games, we lose, and then he come back. He comes back and we win ugly games that our defense won last year, and we finish you know uh, ten and seven or eleven and six, and there's still question marks about Tua. I really want him to be great or suck. Yeah, so we at least know where. Yeah, I, I, what reminds me a lot about what to, the Tua and the line is is the Deshaun Watson play, right? So, like, yeah. Deshaun Watson, 12th overall pick, a person that took over the, the franchise on a team that was terrible. And the line has always been bad. He's always been one of the most, like, hit quarterbacks or he's always flushed out of the pocket, but he always makes things happen. With Granted, his receivers are a little better, um, were a little better, but it's not like – you say a little better? With DeAndre Hopkins, did you say a little? Okay. Hop- no. Exactly. They had Hopkins and you had Fuller, but Fuller was always hurt. So, like, he had he had one of the best receivers, but he didn't throw to him every. T- he he makes everyone better around him, and like you you don't even when you watch the Texans there in the playoffs a couple years, you don't even realize the offensive line is bad. You just realize how good Deshaun Watson is, and then yeah. with Tua, that's it's like the same situation. But what we're highlighting is look how bad the, the line is because Tua can't overcome these things. And then drafting him so high, yeah. you're thinking like, you know what? Like you said, we have these issues, but Tua could be that good that he could just make it work. And then we could kind of patch it up. Like right now, obviously, we've seen that can't happen. He's not, he's not, he's, yeah, he's, he's not the guy that can overcome that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. But to be fair, this was probably the lowest. The, I don't know if Deshaun Watson could have overcame that offensive line performance. <laughs> like this was the lowest graded offensive line play ever. And I don't know how long. <laughs> but like it was, uh, we got graded like a 22. Yeah. On, on, I didn't know. Like our, our worst graded game last year was like a 44. It was twice as good as, I mean, this yeah. is. Yeah, this was atrocious. It was so, for sure. For sure. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's just I'm thinking that Tua could he be great? Yes, but he's gonna be the type of player. I think he can be more than a game manager. I know you think he's just a game manager. I think he can be a game manager plus kind of player, but he's going to need Baker Mayfield treatment, which means you need to get him a great offensive line to give him time. Because getting through his reads isn't isn't his strength. His strength is RPOs, get it out quick, and he's elitely accurate on short throws. Is he going to beat you over the top? We'll never know because our offensive line can't really give him that protection. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, um, like, look so, at these quarterbacks that are like a Tyrod Taylor. I mean, he looked great before he got hurt. Um, right. Ryan Tannehill took that step on an offensive line that's elite. Baker Mayfield took a step, offensive line yeah. elite. And those are not quarterbacks that you will say like are going to go in any team and change them. They right. they just fit in that. It's it's easy. Your job's easier when your offense line's better. Uh, like for sure. One 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 thought that I had that may be a little controversial is that Brian Flores may be stunting to his growth. And the reason I say that is because Brian Flores is very similar to Bill Belichick in terms of his expectation and execution. I think he prioritizes. Hey, just don't make a negative play. And instead of hey, go make a play. Right. And if you look at guys like Justin Herbert, like Joe Burrow, like Joe Burrow, 
everyone thinks is great, but that last game, I think he had maybe a touchdown or two and three picks. And everybody's so like, but he looks like the guy, <laughs> right? Because right. he has those explosive plays that is attractive, but it'll also cost you a game. And I think potentially Tua being in this situation, they're not saying like, hey, go win us a game. They're saying, hey, don't make a mistake. And I think that's a different headspace for a quarterback to be in. And who knows if, you know, if Tua was on another team called the 49ers with the accuracy that he had and whatever, just, hey, go light it up, kid. Like, yeah. who knows what we'd be saying about Tua right now. But Yeah, for sure. Jury's out on it. Um, on that note, kind of the Flores, Tua, Greer, Tree, um, are we – what is your confidence level? Scale of one to ten on our rebuild in year three. Um, oh, interesting question. I'm really curious to see what yeah. you're um, So as a team, it's it's hard because as a team, we've taken steps forward every year on the win yep. column. Player wise, we haven't developed in like so. We've had five first round picks the last two years, right? That mo- that's arguably the most I think anybody's ever had in like I don't know how many years to have that many first round picks. And each player in those picks, other than Waddle, and we're, I mean, Waddle's still early, but I mean, he looks great. Like, I mean, those, I don't like this. He's a great tag, huh? He's, he looks good. I mean, you give him the ball, you're excited. Like, he's going to, you're, you think he's making the play. He, he had a tough game yeah. last week for sure, but I agree. I, agree. I think as a whole, as a team, you kind of chalk that up. But, um, I think, I mean, I don't like to say the, I, I've used the word very loosely, but, bust comes out very often when i think about the four guys that we drafted in the first rounds right so you think Tua, obviously is a little early but he's not what we think he is yet you have austin jackson which i mean i'm gonna see he's a he stinks <laughs> he stinks and Trash. then you get knowing monogamy he's a healthy scratch Trash. then you go this year waddle fine and then you have Jalen Phillips, which you have no one knows. Like his name hasn't even been talked about. <laughs> Again, it's so early for him, like two games in his career. But I'm just like, you look back and it's like, how, you know, like where are these development? Like where is the development happening? How are we so excited for these players and then they just disappear? And then, but then you look at the win column. We have gotten better and we have like improved as a team and the, like the whole hype around the Dolphins. So. I don't know. Like I, I would say I'll give us a five, like right in the middle. Be like, win column, great. As a team, yeah. as a players, uh, like as a players playing big games, they have gotten better, um, or haven't haven't taken that step. I mean, and our draft picks just hasn't panned out. Like yeah. our, our biggest hits are like, usually the ones in the middle round somewhere. Like I mean, even our second round picks, like Javon Holland, like he's a stud. Like. Holland, Robert Hunt, Raekwon Davis. Davis. Like, all those guys are great picks, I think. But, like, we need a hit on first round. First round picks are, like, organizational franchise changing players. Like, that's why you draft them that high. Yep. So, I agree. So, a five, a five, I think, is a little, a little low for me. Um, and it, it has to do a lot with what you said. But also, like, I go back towards the history of the Dolphin and kind of what we inherited. I think in my lifetime, Maybe outside of, like, maybe when we got Ricky Williams. <laughs> right. Like, this is probably the most excited I've been about the potential of the Dolphin. And it's not because of the players. It's because of the coach and how he's been able to develop the team. Not Maybe not so much hit on draft talent yet, but it's still early. Um, but when, when I think about the team that went 5-11, uh, and, and, and we essentially stripped down our entire roster. We had no building blocks um, outside of Xavier Howard, maybe, and Jerome Baker, potentially to go based off of. Um, what Flores has been able to do with the level of talent on the field has been something that I've been really impressed with. And so I'll, I'll, I'll give him and the Dolphins credit there. And this is probably the first time that I've seen kind of the, the general manager and head coach be this much on the same page where you know where the Dolphins are going and you know what – what direction the team wants to head. So, like, that's that's comforting as a fan. Um, to your point, a lot of a, a lot of question marks. I'm, I'm not going to call them busts yet. Austin Jackson, I'll probably throw in the bus category, like, now. Nah. Like, you, should, you shouldn't you should play like this as a rookie yeah. in the NFL. 
like to be in your second year, no excuse. Noah. Um, Noah Igbenogany, no excuse. I I, I I understand Brian Flores wanted, you know, cornerback in his scheme of defense is, is great, but to be a, a first-round overall pick and to be healthy scratches and delegated to just special teams play is ridiculous, especially when I was pounding the table for uh, for Antoine Whitfield Jr. out of Minnesota. Loved that guy. Loved him. His dad was elite. He was elite. I was like, we need a safety. That but, or we could have got a running back where we know we needed a running back. And you have right. Swift. DeAndre, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yep. I would, I would give us a seven out of ten because even with the talent, we've always exceeded expectations, and I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment coming off a blowout loss. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow, that's we fair. Suck. Because <laughs> that's how I feel right now. Um, but you know, we were ten win team last year, and we got better, and we've. There was a time when everything you thought the Dolphins needed to do in the offseason, they did the exact opposite. And you're like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. But going into in the first year of the rebuild, we're like, okay, we, we really need to, to get some linemen and start investing in capital in our offensive line. And the front office did that. Last year, we're like, we really need some playmakers and weapons. We better address that. We did that. This year, we know we don't need to draft. We need to go out and spend money in free agency. And I think the COVID... COVID bringing down the, the cap really hurt us in terms of going after some people that we wanted. Uh, so I think that's that's a factor. So I'm not damning us. Um, but I would give us a seven. Um, I'm optimistic. I like the direction of the team. Just big question marks on a lot of key players and talent. But I, I, I like where we are as a franchise now more than ever. So year three of the rebuild. Playoff is the expectation. If we don't get there... Story. Yeah, and I think this. I think this. Like for me, um, a big tell is going to be this off season. Um, we still have a first, like our first round pick, right? Is it? No, we have the 49ers Four, first round pick. and we the way out. Okay, and they're two and zero. I think. I'm not sure what their record is, but I don't yeah. think they're two and zero. They beat they? the. Did they beat the Eagles? I think they beat the Eagles, and then they they beat the the Lions. So yeah, they're two and zero. Um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they beat the Eagles. Um, yep. So they're two and zero, and. So our, our, but either way, um, we have the mo- the biggest, what most money in cap. This uh, is we're top, we're top three or five. Okay, I think we have the most, but we're yeah, we have, yeah, we position ourselves well. Yeah, so I think that and like, we just need to go out and buy, our you know that line just build it. Like I always say, we we should go get Devontae Adams or. Chris Godwin or Allen Robinson, all these guys are on one-year deals that are franchise tagged. So, I mean, I think we need a line more than we need receivers at this point. So, yeah. maybe so, both. Um, I don't know. Um, if you want to pause the timer thing. Uh huh. Eight minutes. And just like that, we got our main man Parker joining three fans. In a pod, uh, the trio is finally complete. Parker, I've deemed you as the optimist. I've deemed Michael as the pessimist. And I've deemed myself as the realist. Just spit facts. So um, joining us joining us now, um, the question that we're kind of discussing is, on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you rank the Dolphins in year three of the rebuild? Um, now... After after uh, what happened this week with Tua and the Bills that just showed us like a slap in the face, I think we go back to like a four or five now. Wow. So Mike, Mike and Parker on the same page. I think you guys are being prisoners of the moment, honestly. I no, give you a good I, I give you a good this. example or what, how I saw it. No, no, no. Let Parker finish. Let Parker finish. Okay, so this is where I'm at. When you build a good team, Every good team has a good core foundation as in, like, offensive line, defensive line, or, you know, something that's just good. Us, we have players, like, we have good defense, but our defense is not the top defense because our D-line is not there yet, you know? Right. And our offensive line, what I saw last week, and I I, I have to say I apologize because some of it was Tua's fault, some of it was coaching. But they are just bad, man. They don't communicate well. I don't think they're bad as an individually, but you can watch the... (laughs) They don't communicate well because you see uh, Hunt 
telling Jesse Davis who to pick up, but you see Dieter go the opposite way, and they leave a big gap up the middle, and once you run a twist or a stunt, Tua is wide open, exposed, and then Tua, if you watch all the good quarterbacks, they come to the line and let you know who you got. Like, Peyton Manning go tell you, hey, you got 45, you got 12. You Like, he lets you know exactly who to go get, so it's no confusion. He just was pointing, like, hey, you get, you get this guy, and I got the corner. Like, no, you got to go and, like, demand the offense. And I don't think he did that, and that's what caused a lot of those sacks because if he would have just been more, you know, aggressive. And, I, you know, I'm a Tua, I'm a Tua fan. Like, I love Tua. But I just think he's not there yet, and it, it showed me that we got a lot to do. We got a lot to grow Do on. you think less of Tua after that game and the season – um, kind of your opti- you're more optimistic about his play this season and saying so, that he's going to take a step. Do you think he's gotten – what do you think? So you know, it's going to shock you, man, because I kind of been self-reflected. I was so blind for a tour of talent that I didn't see the small things that he was missing. On those plays where he you're got giving, – You're giving Mike so much ammo off of one game. Just I don't care. Hey, listen. Bro. Really? I don't care, bro. Listen, listen. I love Tua still, but I think he needs a good offensive line, yep. and he has to know how to check down. That's all he does. He, <laughs> no, he didn't. So if you watch that play with Devontae Parker ran that slant, there was a guy. The safety came down. Oh yeah, I know. I know and, that play. Yeah, it took away the slant, and Tua waited. He waited for him yeah, to yeah. uncover, he, and that's he, not he move off of that read and Waddle. Yeah, that's not in the film. But if you look at the film, the all twenty-two, Waddle was wide open. And that's what that's what JC Jackson was trying to say. Like Waddle was a one read guy. If his first read's two. not there, or two, sorry, two is not. Uh, if his first read's not there, he kind of panics and is like, "What do I do now?" And yeah. sometimes he holds it. Sometimes he he kind of scrambles out in the pocket. Like I don't know. It's kind of interesting that he said that, and it kind of we, we that was the, for what the first drive, second drive of the game that we highlighted. Yeah. So, yeah, and he only played two that's, drives. So, that's real. Um, and in response to, to Parker said, because I seen a lot of people um, talking about one to uh, pointing out different bit blitz packages and coverages, and then two that specific play where uh, uh, Mike Dieter is going right and the guy goes and the defense alignment goes left and is right in Jacoby Brissett's face. Just like a little perspective on that. So, like, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and all the greats, they didn't tell their offensive alignment who to block. What they do is they call out the Mike linebacker. And based on that, your offensive alignment should know, okay, if we're treating this 45 as the Mike, that means that the back is responsible for him and we're responsible for the other four or five down guys, whatever other blitzes may be happening. So... What all Tua needs to do, he needs to be on the same page as the center, but it's the center and the line's job to communicate who they're blitzing and how they're going to pick it up. Tua's job is to identify who the Mike linebacker is. So that, that that's the first thing. The second thing, on that on that, on that uh, stunt, that was a design play, and the offensive linemen actually were in the right spots. It was a zone on the front, and they were sealing off on the back. The only issue is... The Bills ran the, the perfect stunt against that play. Because if you're Dieter and you're going on a zone block, you're opening your right hip and right leg and you're running, especially if the guy's already outside of you, because you want to cut him off in case you're running to the right. You need to cut him off. What they did was they slanted all of their linemen to the left, which was inside, so it made it look like Dieter was going all the way right when the line was going all the way left. And the backside linemen were supposed to be manned up on the backside. So that's just a perfect blitz call. People are making it a huge deal, like it's worse than it is. No, it's, that's it, not it, what I'm it, saying. It's, it, it wasn't just one play. Like, nah, killing, I killing this. <laughs> no, listen. <laughs> listen, listen. I don't want you to, you know, you go from zero to 100. No, I'm not saying <laughs> Dieter just was, like, making that play. Everybody, like, some plays hunt went the wrong way. And you had a gap. Some plays, Kenley went the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. had a gap. So I'm saying it's like it's a communication issue. It's not what the Bills were doing per se. Yes, they got lucky and they guessed right a lot. But I think our offensive line is not on one accord because you have one side telling, you know, Jesse Davis, hey, fan out. And then uh, 
the other side is telling, hey, Officer Jackson, you one-on-one, and they're doing two different things, and it's leaking holes inside the offense. I will say, so I what, did, what I saw was, um, I saw a stat, and I know you guys look at the line, like, film more than I do. I don't even look at it, honestly. Trash. But you, it's good. I like that you guys do it, because you guys tell me. But uh, um, I did see that it was like, we are always one man more like in our line than what they were blitzing. Like if we had five men on the line, they were rushing four. We had four, they had three or whatever it was. So it was like, there was no excuse. Like we had an extra guy there to help and we never, and it was one of, like you said, the worst grade we've ever had or like, like at least last year. Yeah. So it's like, we, oh, we had a man there. Why, why did we not, how, how did we get so exposed with an extra person in line every time? Right. Do you know, uh, I'm going to piggyback off of you, and I hate doing this because, you know, I can't stand your takes, but do you know the Patriots? Starting to agree with me more and more, though. <laughs> only rushed four, and they was getting sacks on tour. Like, they no, were dropping no. so many. Inco- yeah, they were. No, 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 no. I mean, you keep going back to this. The They, they had one. They had two sacks and four pressures the entire game. So our offensive okay. line did not play horrible in the Patriots game, and I'm not going to sit here and, and – because they did not blitz as much as uh, Buffalo did. They dropped in coverage and allowed and wanted to see if Tua can read the, uh, the defense, which but, they did. So that, that's, that, that's the same thing that the Bills did, except for Bills they, came. They, they threw in a corner blitz every once in a while. But the, the majority of the pressure, I actually, so Robert Hunt, Solomon Kinley, and Michael Dieter didn't play terribly. Like they didn't play great, but they were average. I'm gonna see you. I'm gonna see you what I'm watching because I think we watching. No, no, you, you send it to me, please, because I because I've seen the all twenty two on this film. They didn't play terrible. Austin Jackson in one game had nine pressures allowed. Miles Gaskin, who was our best pass protector, in like sixty four snaps, only gave up two pressures. In fifteen pass protection snaps already this year, he's given up seven pressures. He has a fourteen. Pass, pass protection really which is like one of the worst in the league so the miscommunication you never saw someone with the exception of that one misdirection play that we're running zone come up the middle and get to two it was always someone coming from the edge or a cornerback blitz coming on the outside which means your tackles and your running backs don't have their assignments down that's an issue so our, t- our tackles they are horrible trash. Trash. they only good Eichenberg, on the right Eichenberg did not play poorly they, they do good against. They do good on screens. They do good on run block. But when it comes to pass pro, man, you got uh, Gregory Russo was pushing uh, Jesse Davis all around, and then Jackson. Oh my God, he just whiffs every block. I'm like, bro, be a man. Like he had nine pressures allowed. Nine in one game. <laughs> I could do that. Sign, sign me up. <laughs> As a lineman, you gotta know it's at one, one, two, and you gotta expect that coming off the block. Well, I don't know if they did because our whole whole line was just slow. I don't know. I don't know anything about offensive line. So fast. I mean, that like the reason I disagree is I I played offensive line as well. You know the snap count. So like if the play count, if the the play clock is at twenty five, or if the play clock is on, you know, nineteen, you know the cadence, you know how Tua calls it, and you know what the snap count is. So you should never be at a disadvantage. Uh, because the play clock is at one. That that I don't put on the coaches at all. That's like no, I, okay. No, I, 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 I meant the with the coaches staff. I mean, as in the plays we were calling. What play was successful against the Patriots for Devontae Parker? The slant. The slant. So why come out the first series and throw the slant twice 
and like it's like you play in high school or something. Like I know you're about to throw the slant. They were so stacked. They were so their safety was walking down into the slant uh, window. You got at least audible do something to say, "Hey, man, that play is not there." But we kept trying to force him. We threw it like three times on the first two drives. Yeah. Like one that we got a penalty on. The other two, Tua got sacked because it wasn't there. It's like, no, man. Like, that's high school, man. Not the NFL. Like, if I'm walking my safety down like that and Devontae Parker's uh, got two people on him, I'm going to the other side. That's why I said Tua got to look at his reads and the coaches got to say, hey, you got to see this hot route because they are blitzing you, man. They are saying, I'm taking away that slant. You're not going to beat us with that slant. Yeah, um, I, I, I think what Tua has to get better is is identifying or moving through his progressions. Um, but he, the average time he had the ball before his sack was two and a half seconds. I don't yeah. care if you pass that's, it to Holmes, man. I don't care if you talk. That's that bad. If that's you, if, if two and a half seconds, you cannot. Hey, man, look at Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. So, Anyways, I'm done talking about this game. Um, hey, Parker, before we get before we get to the next thing, part, uh, I just want to make sure because it was highlighted. Denzel did say he's a little more out on Tua now than he was before. I just want to make sure. Not, no, he's not. He's not a little more out. He's not out. He's not out. I will say he's not out on Tua, but he's a little more out than he was before. That's all I wanted to say. I'm not even gonna give you the satisfaction. Right. And once again, I am not the optimist or the pessimist. I'm the realist. So I acknowledge all of the limitations surrounding Tua last year, the offensive line, the hip, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a lack of weapons, the play calling was trash, the defense was great, so he didn't have to be elite. But coming into this year, expecting him to take a step, the Patriots came in there. But now you have an injury history on top of it, and he doesn't. I'm saying he doesn't look like the guy that can transform your team. He looks like the guy, if you put the right pieces around him, will be an above-average game manager plus quarterback. Ryan Tannehill. I think he would, you know, he can be a a Baker Mayfield. And and it's fluid, right? Like, this was my year. And I told Mike before the season, I'm not making any predictions or projections before a quarter of the season. So, like, I'm not saying anything. But the additional uncertainty flag of throwing injuries on top of it, now it's like, okay, like, how long do we wait? For a starving yeah. okay. Parker so waits seven years, he said. All right, so so here's the thing. Parker waits seven years. I'm not ready to hit the panic meter on tour yet because yes, you are. I feel you like you have a confidence of four or five in the franchise. That's the panic button devourer. Yeah, That's that is. That's not on tour. That's not on tour. Answer this question. Answer I'm this not question. confident in our front office for drafting all these. Bum. Scrubs to play offensive line. Hey, babe, answer this question, though, Parker. If if Deshaun Watson was at the quarterback, same exact situation right now, would your confidence in our team be four or five? Wait, first of all, I told you before we even had this podcast, if Deshaun Watson is available, I'm si- I'm sending Tua, I'm sending everybody, I'm sending Devontae Parker, I'm sending everybody, I don't care, because Devon, uh, Deshaun Watson is elite. Tua right, so is what good. I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if Deshaun Watson was our quarterback right now, would your confidence in our team be at a four or a five? Okay, I see what you did. Um, He's breaking up a little bit. Oh, saved by the connection. <laughs> we didn't. Hear, we didn't hear your response. Oh, then it wasn't meant to hear then, because I just. Was on our team. I would be at it like a six or six or a seven. So p- part of your rationale is not all about Tua, but Tua. Yeah, that's two numbers up. That's two ticks. So my, my confidence level was at a seven, but I thought I could spend enough time on the Bills. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Let's let's, let's look ahead because last week didn't even happen. Yep. Uh, let's talk about the Raiders. Um, what are some key matchups that y'all are looking forward to when it comes to the Raiders? Um, I'll start just because. Um, I have been high on the Raiders since the start of the season, in the offseason. And then the start they've had kind of uh, solidifies what I thought I was going to see. I'm curious to see how we're going to cover Waller. We have history of tight ends beating us, and he's arguably one of the best tight ends. I mean, he the best if, you know, 1B to Kelsey. Um, Derek Carr... 
is a dog. Um, he's not the greatest quarterback. He's not like the biggest name. But if you look at his numbers, the dude averages 4,000 yards a year. And he's going to throw you tons of touchdowns. And this year, his his like confidence level is at like another level. Like he's going out there. He scored twenty eight points on on the road as, on the Steelers defense. He scored thirty against the Ravens. Like, I mean, that offense is clicking. Their running game's great. I mean, I think Josh Jacobs might be out. Um, he's coming back, but Kenyon Drake revenge game. Like, there's a lot of things that is going to be interesting. And then me and Denzel touched on it a little bit on Sunday. That I think we, I think it was about the Raiders. Like when were the Raiders? No, sorry, that was the Carolina Panthers. But either way, the Raiders defense has improved dramatically. So yep. last year their knock was their defense. Yeah, their D line is kind of scary. Yeah, last year their their knock was their defense is so bad, but their offense is so good they can't keep up, and that's why they won eight or nine games in the playoff talk, but they weren't there yet. Now their defense is really good. Their offense added a couple more weapons. Um, I mean. They're a scary team, and we're on the road. So, with our backup quarterback, so I don't know. I I, I called this called this a loss in the schedule prior to the season, and it kind of. I mean, it's to me, it's like I, I have. I'm betting on the Raiders. Yeah, you, uh, all right, let me say so. You can play the Raiders the win anyway because you picked the Raiders. That's what I'm saying. Or... I said it's it, it solidifies it even more now. I, if if two was completely healthy, I'm still betting on the Raiders. Can you guys hear me? I think we win this game because I don't like Brissett as in his decision making. Um, I don't know. I think he's a little slower than Tua. He's like a downgrade. So we already had to be very, you know, on point to beat them before. But now it's like we took a step back, and I don't, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm still sad about this Bills beat down, but I don't know. Yeah, man. yeah, we we didn't give you enough time to recover, but I, I get it. Um, so I, I'll save my you know projections or prediction for the next question. But uh, the matchup that I am looking forward to probably probably the most is twofold, but it's this explosive passing game that they have. Um, with with Henry Ruggs beating beating people over the top and Darren Waller obviously being an elite tight end, um, I'm looking at how our secondary does against uh, against these these guys. Can we reel them in? Cars on pace for six thousand yards. We have a great pass defense, at least an opportunistic one. Um, so can we can we can we reel them in and, and keep them in check? One and two, all eyes are on the offensive line. Right, there's some potential reshuffling coming. We need to get Liam Eikenberg in there. I don't know how Austin Jackson still has a job, but um, in my experience as a football player, anytime you lose, right, you you approach the next game with a little more uh, focus and mental fortitude. But when you get beat down, you play like you mad at somebody. So this game can go one or two ways, in my opinion. We come out and we see the Dolphins respond like how we would expect a Flores-led team to respond, or we see that the loss to the Bills affects us for two weeks um, because this was a game that we had all circled. It's like, okay, let's see if we're legit. We got punched in the mouth. Do we have the ability with such a young offensive line, a young receiving core, a backup quarterback to get over that? Or um, can we can we come to play? So the two areas I'm looking at, the trenches, um, we need we need to win there. And then if we can contain this passing attack, I, I like our chance. So. Um, and not to oh, mention my last bad. year, I misunderstood the question. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. We we can just you know keep it going. Um, last year, the Raiders had an explosive attack. We saw them beat the Chiefs, etc. But when they came to Miami, they didn't look all that great. I think when was this? We didn't play them in Miami. We didn't. We played them in 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 their place. We played them in their place. Um, I don't know what the final score was. I think it was higher than, because, like, we went on a back and forth. Like, they scored a touchdown, and Gaskins had a long touchdown. And then yeah. they scored again, and we came back with the field goal. But for the longest time, it was an ugly, yeah. like, a 13 to 10 or something like that game. Yeah. So I think Forrest does have a game plan in mind for this type of offense. And all we need is for Carr, who's 
a little bit banged up to not be 100 percent to take advantage of some of these. Teams. Yeah, that, that's a big thing. Derek Carr being questioned. I mean, I think he's gonna play. Um, yeah. But yeah, Josh Jacobs being out, I think for us. And and they lost Mariota, which is their backup. So he, I mean, they're not gonna rely on third. They, they need to start three and zero in that division. Um, because they're in arguably the hardest, one of the the hardest division. Everyone's three and uh, two and zero except the Chargers. I think is one one. So Chargers suck. Herbert sucks. Anyways, I would love them. All right, to, to wrap it up, what do we have as a score prediction for this game? Parker, you go first. <laughs> oh man, twenty four seventeen Dolphins. Didn't you just say you think we lose this game? I didn't say that. Yeah. I, I said that. Yeah, I did. No, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you did. But it's, it's fine. We'll run back to tape. But anyways, I'm glad you're picking the dog. Yeah, optimist is still optimistic, baby. Yeah, I'm gonna pick a big regardless. I'll <laughs> say play the Chiefs. I'll say for us, it's gonna be like thirty-one. 31-17 Raiders. Wow, I, you got a two-touchdown win for the boys? I think they're at home. They're 2-0. and They had, like, for them, 3-0 and is bigger than us going 1-2 and in our division. They're at home. I mean, for uh, the Patriots, like, we're going to be competing against the Patriots and the Jets. The, the Bills. And the Raiders in the AFC Wildcard. That's what I'm saying. For them being 3-0 and having that huge gap is big for them at home. It is big for us, but I just think it's a it's it has it it it, it, it we have our backup quarterback in the game. You, right. So I think for us, the start we had going on one and zero in the AFC East to then lose two games on top of all the other issues, when you know that the AFC is going to be tight, is a bigger deal for us. Yeah, I get that. I'm just, we're two and zero. We beat two great teams. We got a Dolphins team that got smacked. We even have this started. This is a trap game for the Raiders. Yeah, this is why it I is. But but yeah, that, I, think, I think Flores dials up a lot of pressure. I think he tries to get to Derek Carr. I think we take away their best option and Derek Waller and double and even triple team this guy. Um, we're not afraid of the run game with Kenyon Drake uh, or or Barber coming out of the backfield. I think that the Dolphins win this game, and we shock the world. Not really, but I, I like Parker's score of 24-17, but I give the credits a little bit more. Uh, the, the Raiders a little bit more credit on offense. I go 24-21. Uh, I think we sneak out of here with a win um, because we're going to need it. Uh, one and two is not where we want. I'll tell you right now, I think uh, Vegas has us as like seven or eight-point underdogs. I which, think the Dolphins on that. Yeah. So it was, it was three. Going into it, underdogs. Now it moved. It doubled. So that's real. But I will also say, what people are over the Raiders look elite. Huh? So far, they look elite. But if you think about what they've done, the Ravens were absolutely depleted in terms of their um, people who've gotten their ACLs torn. So their top three running backs, and they they just beat the Chiefs. Marcus Peters Peters for the year, and also. Lamar Jackson was on COVID for most of the training camp, so it came out. It's still an impressive win. Great job. But against the Steelers, TJ Watt goes down. They they lose a couple players on the I mean, you can't especially on the bomb to They're winning Rose. every game. They they were winning they were beating the Steelers all game. Listen, listen and the Ravens beat the I'm Chiefs. But you're like saying you're giving them like the reasons why like they they that's why they won was pessimist. That's his team. That's his team. All I'm saying is they they did a good job in beating those teams and they look really really good. But at the same time, those teams were not at full strength, which we also aren't. But I think they're beatable. I, okay, to that point, were the Ravens full strength when they just beat the Chiefs on Monday Night Football? No. Okay, so they and then but were they this? Were, they were definitely they were definitely in a better spot than they were in Week One. They had more they, running backs at least. Signed. They had more running. They had Devontae Freeman. Their running game was the same amount. They actually ran the ball better, like like with Lamar Jackson. But like they didn't really like it. wasn't The problem was the running game. the The backup had eighty yards I, rushing. I didn't say that was a problem. 
once again, you, you said this before, we're not going to pretend like not having J.K. Dobbins, who we all thought was going to have an amazing year, doesn't affect his team at all. I don't know how good he is. He didn't, he, I mean, he, he, he ran for 700 yards last year. 800 yards last year. That's not even, wait, but Marcus Peters is the reason they lost. Because that corner that was guarding everybody else, they had Humphrey guarding everybody on the field. Well, I, I think with that Waller, I think that's more credit to the Rose. Raiders. I think that's more credit to the Raiders rather than the Ravens because their Stop. offensive scheme was so good. Like, they were Stop. getting confused. Their offensive scheme? Stop. So if you have Peters... Yeah, you have but why? How do you then? How do you beat the the Chiefs? The same scheme, the same defensive players, right? And that's the same thing for the Dolphins. If Damian Harris didn't fumble the ball, we lose. But why are you bringing that up? Because it doesn't matter. Because you guys said it doesn't matter in that case. It does matter. It does. So we should be zero and two. No, we should. But we could easily be zero and two. So the Ravens could easily be zero and two. Same same point, right? And okay. if you think about if you think if you think about the, the the Raiders and Ravens game, the Ravens were dominating. They were up two touchdowns until like third, late third, Who? Or early fourth. The Chiefs the were dominating. Ravens, the Ravens were dominating. Chiefs were up twelve in the fourth quarter, or eleven, and then the Ravens came back and we had four, like whatever come. Uh, so the Ravens actually came back from a fourteen point deficit in the second half. You're saying the Ravens were dominating all game? They weren't. No, 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 no. The Ravens versus the Raiders. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. I thought you were talking about the Chiefs game. dominating that game for the majority of it, and they came back late with some explosive plays to get them back in it, to take it to overtime and eventually win. I believe if the Ravens are at full health, if they have their best running back in their lockdown corner, I don't think the Raiders win that game. They don't, in my opinion. But But, I, I get that, but you can't, like, they're out. In the like, J.K. Dobbins was out for three months now. Like he tore his Achilles th- two months ago. We're not gonna say Bro, yes, he it did. It was like the week. It was in a, it was in a preseason game. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It was in it training was camp. It was in a preseason game. J.K. Edwards tore his in uh, training camp. Yeah, no, Gus- J.K. Dobbins tore it in a preseason game. Okay. Either way, you had four weeks before this game, and you're gonna say if we had no. And part of that four weeks, you didn't have Lamar Jackson. You don't need like, Lamar Jackson game. training camp. But but they're, they just as how we could be zero two right now. I, the Raiders could easily be one and one. And the best the best player, arguably the best player in the in the league on defense, is TJ Watt. And TJ Watt goes down in that game. You saw that he essentially won them the game against Buffalo by getting two sacks and a strip sack on Josh Allen. Keep him in the game. In, 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 in that type of the game, we can go either way. So I'm not taking away. They made the plays, but I'm not ready to say, like, they're unbeatable. No, oh, no, I'm not saying that either. I'm saying they're um, – really for us, I think it's going to be – it's going to be just the same amount. Like, how I felt going into the Bills game, how big of a test it was going to be and how much of an uphill battle is going to be against them, I had the same thing going into this game because, one, they are healthy. They're missing Josh Jacobs. They're missing, huh? I don't have that same. Feeling. I know. I'm saying I do. I'm saying because we have our backup quarterback. In granted, we do have Will Fuller, so I don't, can that change something? Maybe, but we have our backup quarterback in. Our line is terrible. Their defensive line is great, and we're playing on the road uh, again on a team that's two. Like it's it's to me it's an it's an uphill battle the whole game. Yeah, I mean the difference, and we gotta keep up. Can we keep up? It's a a big brother, small brother syndrome kind of thing. Like we we know, like when we step into the Bills, it's like this is the team that always destroys us. We don't have that looming over us with the like. We're not out to prove that we can beat the Raiders this year. Everybody knew that's what we were going against the Bills, and when we didn't start out hot, we lost Tua. I think mentally we got screwed. Yeah, I I get that. Saw it in every aspect of the game. Nobody's, you know, the Bills' loss may carry over into that aspect with the Raiders, but. I think we're looking at the Raiders like, yo, we're gonna show that. Yeah, we're here I just do you think do you think we could score? Do you you think we could hold the Raiders under? You said twenty. You said twenty four or under twenty four twenty one. So you think you could keep them for three scores, and we three yeah. and we could score more than three touchdowns. I, I do think we can. Javon Harlan gonna play big this game. I, I I honestly think we can. Okay. 
if Ruffle is back, if Jaden Wall, I mean, like, it, we don't know what to expect from our offense. That's the so problem. Yeah. Be, yeah. Yes. That's what scares me. That's why I can't bet on. I I can't this assume. We're, I'm not the optimist, and I'm not the. I'm not I the know, optimist. but what have they but proved to you? Know, what have they shown to you that we can? The first seat game, we didn't. The second game, we didn't score. How can this game be like? You know what? This is the game. Like what? I see what you're saying. You know, I'm, like I'm not what? Saying this is the game that we put everything together, but scoring 24 points is very average in the NFL. It's not a high scoring affair. So I think if each team scores 24 points, that's a high. That's that's covering the over almost every time. It's, but it's, it's not. It would be covering the over based on what people are expecting. I don't think that's, if it's not. It's more than that, but yeah. I don't think if your offense scores 24 points a game... You should win the game every time if you score 24. Uh, granted, let's say you're playing the Chiefs, the Raiders so far. Like, depending on the teams you're playing, but 24 points should win you a, win you a game every time. It, it, it can win you a game. I don't know. I wouldn't say it should. You know, we was down there like four tries. Like, we... Grant dropped one. Parker dropped one. Wilson dropped... Like, we was... Like, no, I, we were there, like for I, sure. I, if, if our receivers in the terrible game plan or terrible offensive line play... If they just catch the ball and don't turn the ball over, we have 20, 21 points. And we still all admit that our team sucked. Yeah, we played so bad, we but we still could have. If we score 20, 21 points, if we don't have as many mistakes at the bare minimum and just protect for three to four seconds. Four seconds is a lot, but yeah. I mean, four seconds is a lot. But like, <laughs> if, if, every, if everybody is average on yeah. offense, average. But that, that's the thing. Like, are players good enough to do that? Like, that's the part that I'm like, I don't know. And that's why I, I, I can't assume we're going to outscore a team like that if we don't even know we could do that. Yes, you can. Because we did we're just, we're, just we're, we're being optimistic. We, You're we being optimistic here. We did it last year. I understand right. that. We did it last year can with our starting question? quarterback, not our backup. Well, yes, that's true. Two Fitzpatrick was our 1B, 1A. We know, we know that he, he was a starting quarterback half the year. And in that game... We was playing terrible, and we brought in our backup as in our our guy, and he won us the game because Tua wasn't performing. Right. So, I mean, do you I think Brissett is that guy that didn't go in there and just sling it? <laughs> no. Question for y'all. If Brissett plays well, do you think Tua loses spot? No. No. I, I don't think there's any. There's the only way that they – the only way that would be impacted is if Brissett goes out and throws for three or four touchdowns, no picks. Nope. And then Tua is on the verge of playing. We'll be like, get one more week rest, come back next, and we'll we will be more comfortable with him resting rather than he would never lose his spot. But like we will be more like okay with him getting the full rest rather than hurry the fuck <laughs> like right now. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh wait, Parker, before you one more thing before you weren't here for this question. It's not it's not a controversial one, but do you do you think do you think Tua or okay, do you think the Dolphins if Tua's injury turns out to being five or six weeks, a little more, or four four, five, six weeks with the fracture, do you think do we go out and get a quarterback or not? Mm. There's a couple so good playing. ones out there, or decent ones. No. If it ain't Deshaun Washington, we don't pull that trigger. hundred percent. No Cam Newton? What? Hell no! I'm just asking. He was just—it's one of the—it was a rumor. I'm just curious. I'm not saying I want him. I'm just saying there's a couple good ones that are for backups. Better. I'll take Cam Newton over Jacoby Brissett. Simple. I would. You thought he looked good this preseason, bro. You said Cam Newton looked good this preseason. Zach Wilson looked good in the preseason. Defenses are. You can't say a guy plays two games in his career. Obviously, like Zach Wilson is not good. Like I, I told you, that was the dumbest pick. Evaluation on the player in their career. Cam Newton has been great, but I'm saying based on what we saw in the in the preseason, he looked good. He was going against vanilla defenses. Mac Jones also looked elite. What have we seen from Mac Jones? A few basic games, like and he got and Cam Newton got beat out by Mac Jones. So like, I, I don't think he got beat out. I think it was more of a future. It was a futures like decision, like. Are you going to have Cam Newton and Cam Mack wait when you know he's just about the same quarterback or do, could do the same thing? Probably. I think he. I think for what they want to run, Mac Jones was the better option. Yeah, better option, but not the best. Like, I don't think he beat the him out. Quarterback for them, for that system. Like, Either way, I'm just saying, would you go out and get I, a quarterback? 
the only player I would get is Deshaun Watson. If you're not getting Deshaun Watson, you don't you don't play with any other backup who you already know what their ceiling is. They're not going to be your franchise guy. Like it, it doesn't because because that is Jacoby Brissett. He's the guy that can maybe win you a couple games. He can be competent at quarterback. He's one of the best backups in the league. So why bring in another backup or low tier starter? That's just going to mess with Tua's mind and not do anything to propel the franchise forward. So like, either cut ties with Tua if you don't want to deal with it, or just just wait it out with Brissett and trust your defense. You better not cut Tua. You better get some for him. No, I, I said cut ties. Not cut. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a different story. Anyways, that'll do it for our uh, three fans of the pod. Let us know what you think. We'll be back next week, hopefully with a win. Anything but a loss in the way we lost this week is honestly where we're at. So see you guys next week. All right. All right, man. I got a 130 meeting, so. Peace. Bye. Hey, Mike, you suck. Bye. <laughs>